You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. This is Stuck. Our second season. Yay! It's lunchtime and you've come out of a morning full of meetings and you're stuck with a plate full of problems that you don't know how to solve. No worries. We got you. I'm Damian Bazadana from Situation. And I'm Rochelle Pereira from Equilibrium. And when it comes to workplace problems, I'm usually by the book. And I'm typically from the gut. I've been a leadership consultant and an executive coach for more than 15 years. And I spent the last 18 years building a marketing company. And together, we want to help you get unstuck. Our producers, Katie, Peter, and Stephanie, get all kinds of weird and wonderful questions from listeners ranging from college students with internships to seasoned professionals looking to take their companies to the next level. They get the lowdown in advance and then present the questions to us, giving us only five minutes to think about it before we weigh in. Now, these are not edited or research responses. They're instinctual and based on our experiences. So let's get started. So I got a question from Annetta, who's the director at a social service nonprofit. I really related to it because she's asking for help around boundaries and self-care. The The nonprofit that she works for deals with some really heavy stuff, like losing your home. Um, you know, so you can imagine how tough that is. And it doesn't really fit in this typical nine to five window. She's stuck because she wants to create a healthier work-life balance for her employees. She just doesn't really know how or where to begin because she doesn't do it for herself. So she hasn't got anything to model. Um, You know, they really work with the most vulnerable members of the community. And so her people don't get to switch off because that stuff just doesn't happen in, in, in a window. And she would love for you to give her some ideas of where to begin and how she sets up her team for success. Well, first, I have great admiration for the work that she's doing. And I guess the, the core question that I would have is, is this an issue that she that her staff is telling her or is this just something as, as the leader of the organization? She's just recognizing that this is a thing that she's going to have to deal with. I think it's not that the staff is saying it. It's something that she's seeing going on that they're struggling with. And also she loses people. So she's constantly trying to think about who she's going to hire next because she knows that the burnout rate is so high. Yeah, makes sense. I'm so glad that Annetta asked this question. I think it's great. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Cool, let's do it. I'm ready. I have a whole range of thoughts on this. Me too. But uh, you know what? You go first. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because you're going to be better at it than I am. I, not necessarily. I mean, I, I am. I feel incredibly fortunate that over the years that 
I've been able to work with a lot of people or organizations that have been cause-driven. And I think it attracts uh, a certain kind of employee who is also mission-driven and care-driven. They're getting into this work not because they want to make a lot of money, but because they want to help people. And these are often times the employees that need to be protected from themselves, you know, because they want to continue to go above and beyond and burnout is really high. So I think that this is an incredibly important topic for cause-driven businesses specifically. Um, and I think that there's a lot of really interesting things that are happening right now in that space around um, self-care as well as building up a, a more uh, a workforce that can manage stress and resilience you know, manage stress and be a more resilient workforce for sure. So I think yeah. it, there's cool stuff out there. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, this is uh, close to home. Like, so my amazing wife has spent a lot of time in her career on the front lines of organizations like this. And if you begin to sort of paint a picture of what that looks like, um, it's a job that's exhausting, often thankless, Um Progress often seems so distant. You take, you know, a couple steps forward, a couple steps back, and it's like any, a lot of the stuff in the social services space overall, you kind of fall into that trap. Transient workforce. I believe there are a lot of people that go into it because they have a big heart for it. But in a lot of social service job roles, there's also people that kind of need a job. You got a big, tra you got a whole mixed blend of folks in that space. Um, and we don't pay you a lot. So my wife worked Thanksgivings. She worked at a homeless shelter. So you work all holidays, and it's just it's not nine to five. You don't just turn it off. You see a lot of traumatic things, and then you walk out of there, and you're like, "How do you sort of uh, survive in that space?" So just you know, when I just paint the picture of what it looks like, it is extremely challenging. As you know, as as the question uh, begins to to frame it, um, I I kind of went down you know three or four different paths that I think. Um, are, are most important to people, but I'll, you know, I'll say one and how about we go back and forth? Oh, on like a one, one and one, one and one. Sure. It makes it okay, interesting. You try it. For you listeners out there. I'm desperate. I'll go first. I think the first thing is, and this is not, this doesn't go to, uh, in terms of, uh, I'll call it, well, the, is fairness. I think this is kind of an important one. It's not an obvious answer, but I do think it's important is that when you're pouring your heart out into these into your job role is that the at a leadership level, the idea is to be fair to all employees involved and to make sure that everyone is being treated with a sense of fairness, right? So the number of shifts you might get, um, it's kind of you said before about protecting people from themselves, right? I think as a leader, you need to be very mindful of what the workplace looks like, who's getting what type of work, what hours are they working, am I being fair, are you working a holiday, are you working a holiday, and really being very mindful of that because it, it th th that type, when you're not feeling that um, a sense of fairness, it demoralizes everybody. And I think even more extreme settings, I think this is an extreme setting where that really begins to really manifest itself and make people very angry when it's not set up, having seen that firsthand. Uh, because what happens is in those environments that that often gets just, it, it, I feel like it falls through the cracks, at least from my experience. My wife's probably worked in three to five different major social service organizations and seeing that. I mean, let me piggyback off the fairness to say, there should be rules and boundaries and guidelines for management to follow. For instance, you can only work so many hours without having so many hours at home. You can only take on so many cases at once. You can only work so many public holidays in the year. So it's like yeah. you can only do it to a, a certain point because we appreciate that when you do more than that, then it's diminishing returns. And in fact, it increases 
burnout and it decreases the quality of your work. You know, so yeah. I'm thinking about it from a different kind of social services than I think the one that you're thinking of. Like I'm thinking about organizations that ha- are working with refugees, right? That yeah. are on the border and working endless hours um, interviewing families that are being separated. And the how difficult it is to do that work that you have to say you can only do four hours of interviewing per day. And the rest of your time has to be spent yeah. writing or doing other sorts of things so, because they will do 10 and then be devastated from the day. Yes, I agree. I, I, um, this is slightly tan- a, a tangent, but I would say that there's also, though, um, it, it's not it, – it, it, the, the idea of fairness doesn't necessarily just play, its out, play itself out in that way. Um, like, so, for example, in, in a lot of social service roles, they have a supply issue of getting talent to want to take on these jobs. Again, there's not a lot lined up of what you're going to get out of it. You're not going to make a lot of money. You're going to work ridiculously long hours, and you need to care about it. The supply of people who literally want to do that is not as high as we'd like it to be. So what happens is you get people who are super passionate about it, and then people who aren't who take it as a job, and I, it creates massive resentment because the people who don't really take it seriously, oh, they didn't take the shift today. They can't terminate them half the time because they don't have people behind them to fill those job roles. It is a, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what I've seen in that space before of, of there's just a mix of just different like desires and skill sets and acceptability. And I think the standards run rampant because you do not have an ability to sort of to hold consequences because you have a major HR supply problem of people willing to take those positions. Yeah. I'm sure that I have – Well, I have a bias because of the people that I've worked with over the years haven't been the people that – don't care. Yeah. Well, exactly. They've been, they've cared with spades, you know, yeah. like, or in spades. So it's the most um, memorable group that I ever worked with, which I will never forget. They're palliative pediatric care nurses that do home care. And they would talk about their work and they say, we help babies die at home. I mean, it's unbelievable the kind of work that they do. And it's incredibly mission driven and very, very difficult emotionally and physically. Where, again, they're super connected to the families. It's a long-term relationship. There's no, like, subbing in and subbing out, right? Like, you're committed to that family for a very clear reason. But the only way that they can do the work is because they have a connection to each other. They do yoga together. They cook together. They um, they have access to counseling themselves so that they can process their own grief so that they don't bring their grief to the families that they're helping. There are all these things in place to help them process their work so that it doesn't go with them at home, Yeah, you know, which yeah. I think is really an important thing that organizations can think about. And if it's part of the organization's mission to acknowledge that the way that we do the best work is by protecting our employees to make sure that they can do the best work and that we manage the expectations of our clients, that's also an important part. So the families, for instance, need to know that, yes, this person is on call, but they're only able to work a certain amount of time and a certain amount of shifts. So that they're clear that it's not the lacking of the nurse, but rather like this is the way that we can provide you the best possible support. And that management needs to be really clear about what their mission and values are, and then help to sort of systematize that into the way that they're supporting the employees through the rest of the organization. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, no, it makes sense. And I, I agree. Yeah. I, the, the other point I wrote down here is just sort of a sense of gratitude. Um, and, I, and I know part of this is, and, and I, I sort of struggle with this one because it is goes to like kind of the work-life balance. And again, I'm bringing a lot of my own kind of baggage to this. You know, I think because of the exhausting nature of the job role, 
um, the work-life balance is essentially. Uh, I think what's most important is the 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 to disconnect. It's not. But I didn't see it as a struggle, at least from my wife's perspective, of necessarily disconnecting, um, even though it's very difficult. I think that it is the the biggest issue. I think often comes down. You're giving so much and focusing on the point from an employee's perspective about just being mindful of giving gratitude um, to the employees, like fairness and like really focusing on the organization itself. Because I think that gets lost. Um, and again, I, we're, I, we're lumping, I'm at least lumping a lot of different nonprofits into, into one space because I think for some, some really lead well with mission. Others, I think, often get disconnected from the mission and don't remind their staff enough about the mission. Absolutely. Like celebrate the victories because there's so many, a lot of nonprofits are just all, to be honest with you, a lot of it's, it's not just all about defeat, but it's like you sometimes wonder, am I actually making a difference here? Yeah. And there's something about that idea of, so it depends on the organization. Sometimes I think reinforcing the mission is what people need the most to show victories and saying, hey, this work matters. And others, it's the examples you're talking about, they see their work and they know it matters and they're together. So uh, it's a little bit tricky because there's a lot of different moving parts here. Um, I mean, I love that Annetta is is aware of this because all the studies that I've seen so far around stress and resi- or organizations that are working on stress and resilience, management comes up as the number one criticism. Yeah. You know, so like the fact that she cares, the fact that she knows it needs to be done, is she role modeling this herself? Yeah. You know, is I think an important first step for her to to be able to reflect on how she's doing this so that she can talk about it and support it with her direct reports or across the organization. And then I think I would encourage her to think about the systems that are in place or the mechanisms or the resources that people can tap into to be able to process the work and their emotions around the work so that they can be more attentive. Yeah, I think well said. Cool. Good. If you liked this episode, please rate it on Apple Podcasts or leave us a comment or share it with somebody you think is stuck. This helps us reach listeners who could benefit from these conversations. And if you'd like your own question answered, go to our website, stuckpod.com, to submit a question. Stuck is created by Equilibrium and Situation. It is produced by the wonderful Katie Byrne, Peter Ujicic, and Stephanie Connors. Big shout out to Miratone Studios for putting up with us again. Our theme music is Rockstar by Owen Mulcahy. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.